The countdown is over. Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke, episode 26. We made it past episode three, which is when most podcasts fail. Uh, I'm your host, Joel Lauji. It's great to be here with you guys. If you can, as always, we don't want to be speaking into a vacuum today. So why don't you get in the chat, tell us who you are, say hi, don't be shy. And if you have questions as well, uh, as we get into the conversation, you have comments, definitely ask them. And then I try and do my best to get to most of them. The only thing I always ask is, let's not just be asking for jobs. This is not the forum. That's what my DMs are for. Um, but welcome, everybody. I want to give a quick shout out to Brightheart, my sponsor for the podcast. Super honored to have them. Um, we got a big announcement tomorrow about a, a really cool new feature on the platform. So pay attention to that. Of course, I'm doing some kind of weird TikTok video for that. But uh, And then Shine Community, if you're in TA, you're TA leader, you're in TA, you're a practitioner, get into the Shine Community because right now it's a tough time for everybody in TA. We all know that. I'm not going to go into that. But it's a great place just to network, uh, have conversations. There's a job board on there as well. It's just a great place to, to uh, get some community, which we can all use right now and just support. So thanks to Brighthire. Thanks to the Shine Community. And i um, super excited today. I've got a great guest, a really longtime LinkedIn connection of, of mine, um, inside joke there. But uh, Leah, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Why don't you give us a quick intro on yourself and, uh, and JobSync, and, uh, and then we'll get into the conversation today. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to everyone who's joining us today. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is Leah Daniels, and I am the Chief Commercial Officer here at JobSync. Uh, quick background, I have spent my entire career in and around recruiting technology uh, with 10 years at ZoomInfo when it was a recruiting tool. Wow, uh, that's crazy. I know, right? Back in the day. And then um, a little stint at Bullhorn, which is an ATS in the staffing space for the, those of you who don't know that. Uh, a quick uh, year at Monster and then five years over at AppCast where I worked on the programmatic platform called ClickCast. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore. And my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. Yeah, and they make me do this and then they do this, but it's like, yeah. how big of a deal is that? So uh, if you look at the, the data right now, if you make a candidate go from a job board boop, over to your career site, uh, fill out your, um, uh, create a login, give blood, give all of their information, all the things, uh, you get about 4% completion rate, might be maybe 5%. We see upwards of 15 to 18%. So not... 100%, but that's okay. You want people to opt out, right? You want people to go, oh, this is not the job for me. Um, but you also want complete applications. You do not want first name, last name, phone number, email, resume, breathing. You do want, are you over 18? Are you food safe certified? Do you have a CDL license, right? Will you pass background check? Whatever it might be. You want those questions asked and answered and all the way back into that ATS, make your uh, recruiters' lives a little bit easier so they're not having to do all of the 
crazy things they do when they do have to hit that quick apply button on the various job boards and get volume to make up for their lack of volume when they're in that place. So yeah, it makes it, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And, uh, do you, I, I guess in terms of, of your role, like what, what, I guess, what does your role look like? Like, what are you, what are you kind of involved in? And, uh, um, oh, all the things. Um, but that's, everything. you wear many hats. That has nothing to do with my role. That has everything to do with my personality. Um, so <laughs> I work primarily on the business side. So the marketing team, the sales organization, our customer success and implementation teams, and then work closely with our product and tech team to make sure we've got it all delivered. And correct me if I'm wrong here as well. You, did you just start a podcast? Or you, or you you kind of involved in a podcast? You started it. Like, what's, what's well, the deal? Tell us about uh, that. I'd love to hear my, about it. So my fabulous friend, Kevin Grossman, who, if you guys don't know, uh, runs the Legend. talent board. Legend. I love him. And he and I are doing the talent sync. Get it? The t- talent board, job sync. We're super clever. Ah. All right. And it's all cool. the kitchen sink of um, recruiting and talent acquisition. Uh, so we've been just started this year so we are just past the three mark is that what you said make it past three thanks so much for listening to this episode of recruiting is no joke i wanted to give a shout out to teal teal is an all-in-one job search platform that provides job seekers with an integrated resume builder job tracker linkedin optimization contact management and many more tools their new features include gpt powered ai functionality to help run an effective job search. Over 200,000 people have trusted Teal to land their next job. Install their Chrome extension and get started for free at www.tealhq.com. That's www.tealhq.com. Thanks so much for listening and appreciate your support. We're there. <laughs> I think we've done four. Um, every I love it out on mondays super excited about that and uh actually so we do a roundtable you were on it joel um i was you were our featured guest back in the fall and um probably the best episode ever oh hands down you know we won't tell anyone seconds though there were so many close seconds (laughs) and (laughs) uh we're now starting to push that out on to anchor and a few other places because it is incredible talent the or incredible content the um the one we had just last week was uh with the uh her name's yana cheval and uh james ellis she runs uh talent for ubs and he's an employment branding specialist and they did a whole session on how to school the the c-suite how to make the argument to get what you need for budget and support it was a master class if you haven't seen it find our website go download it spend the hour it's worth your time i am definitely going to check that out and i know i've connected with james offline and um yeah, definitely. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, definitely share a lot of the same passion with, you know, just recruitment, marketing, employer branding, you know, how you how do you get that story out? And it, I definitely think, uh, obviously, I'm passionate about just content in general with with recruiters. But uh, yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm curious, like, from from your perspective, like, we, we were talking about this a little bit offline. Um, and I'd be curious to hear what other people think as well. I know we've got a pretty you know, substantial uh, TA crowd out there. Um, we're talking right before we hopped on about, um, you know, this whole idea of recruit recruiters being salespeople. So um, 
I'm just curious, like where, and I was thinking that even this when we're doing the countdown, like where, where do you think that idea came from? And why do you, do you is that something which you think was maybe more true in the past and now it isn't like, or it never was true? Like, what are your thoughts with that? Cause I think, I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, I love it. Cause it's one of my soapboxes and I have a lot though. And I think the challenge is people like to explain things using analogies and put things in boxes. It makes them feel comfortable on how to understand something that they don't understand. And I think most people actually don't understand what recruiters do. They don't like you hire people, right? It's so easy. Anyone could do it, except it's shockingly not easy. And it's shockingly quite hard. And there's a lot to it. And there's many, many components that I think people forget. And so they it's look no forward. joke. It, recruiting it's, is it's no joke. joke, right, man. And so <laughs> I think they try to make uh, sense of the world by putting it to something they do understand, right? Most businesses have a sales process. They basically talk about it all the time. They understand it. And so like, well, it's kind of like sales because you're selling an opportunity and you have to find people who want it. And so you, you can sort of ease your way into this. But if you take a minute, like just a second and think about it, you're like, well, is it though? Is it really sales? There's so much more complexity to recruiting than there is in sales, especially if you're a corporate recruiter, especially if you're a corporate recruiter at a big company. Um, I've never, there are very few sales jobs. I mean, there are some where you bid for the government stuff, but there are very few sales jobs in which you are held to a whole bunch of uh, government reporting and process. Like you don't have, if it's easy, everyone would do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Right? Yeah. That's the whole point. But yeah, I'm just waiting are. for the job seekers to show up. I'm just <laughs> yeah, so what you guys do with ghost people. I've never sold something in which the person I was talking to on the other side who was going to buy the thing for their company, especially B2B sales, had to go check with their family and see if they wanted to make that change. Right? That they want to know about, um, you know, if you have to, they have to move, like literally physically move their whole lives somewhere else. Like there are so many things and it's not just that one person, right? Because in sales, you might have, let's say 10 opportunities going at any given time. Sure. In recruiting, you might have 20 jobs going or 30, 50, if you're a big staffing firm, right? So you've got 50 and you've got 10 or 15 people per job. And if you're lower numbers, the 20 jobs, you might have 20 or 30 people. Those are 20 and 30 stories, lives, feelings, humans, right? Taking a new job is not something you do lightly. You're not spending someone else's money. This is very personal mm. and all of those stories matter. And so in recruiting, you're dealing with a very different level of EQ and emotion as part of that, that buying cycle. And oh, by the way, you got buyers on the other side too, because you're also dealing with your hiring managers, right? And what they're feeling. And oh, by the way, you all need to practice anti-discrimination practices. I now need to train you as the recruiter. It is now my job to train you in this. Never, never saw that in a sales organization, right? There are so many components to recruiting that are just unrelated to the sales process. Oh, let's wait, 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 my favorite part. You need to use an ATS. Okay, that's like a CRM. Except your ATS was actually selected by the IT department and configured for payroll. And <laughs> like these, these components, these challenges, these, uh, oh, you're not a profit center, you're a cost center. They, they just keep layering on more complexity. And I, and I, for me, the sales analogy has, I don't know, I think it's overly simplistic. I don't think it does anybody any good. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like 
elements of persuasion potentially but then you also got to think that like i think nowadays uh, what we're seeing emerge more and more and more is like the transparency piece as well so like you actually don't want to sell people into a position because if you sell somebody into a position you're kind of insinuating like hey we're you know we're selling you like we're convincing you into this yeah. and i think that that's why retention can be low on the other end because if you're saying hey you know what are you looking for? Yeah, I really look for a position work-life balance. We got great work-life balance here. We got this. We got that. We're persuading them, and then they get into the role. It's yeah. not what you sold them on. So, and and I'm I'm not saying either like selling is lying. It's not, but it, it's it's obviously like in sales, you're selling the benefit, right? And like where people want to be with your product or your service. Yeah. Well, you, you usually have some data that helps too, right? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Here's your ROI on this. You, you get like, how do you ROI this? I'm like, I'm going to give you a 10% raise. Yeah, I guess. But a whole bunch of unknowns. Like, I don't know how you, I don't know. For me, I like you're said, right. it's starting to fall right. apart. It's, it's, it just, it just starts to fall apart. And then I think, I mean, you even add into there, it's like, then you have the marketing piece added in there as well. Like you've got yeah. your reputation in there. There's, there's, there's a, there is a lot, but one of the things you said too, which I think is interesting, which I think we chatted about before we even, uh, when we were discussing the podcast is, and I'm running into this more and more and more, like why is it that people just don't know what recruiters do? Or there's this just like, where, how, how has this happened? Yeah, I mean, well, so I think there's a couple of things. In a small business, you have, the HR person who's also the benefits person, who's also the payroll person, who's also the recruiter, who's also, who's also, who's also, who's also, right? And so you have this- um, Also the salesperson, just kidding. And the salesperson, they're also <laughs> IT support. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that's true. So you know, you've got this conglomerate role in the smaller businesses, which makes it very hard to tell what they're doing when they're recruiting, right? Because they're just doing all the things. Um, as you get bigger and you get more specialized, um, there's actually not, something called a recruiter. We just label them all recruiters. But a high volume recruiter's job, life, skills, uh, what they think about how they operate is actually very different than an executive recruiter who's very different than a tech recruiter. All of those behave, run their day differently. And so now, in, in, if you're not inside, you're not in there with this group, understanding that their lives are actually very different in terms of what they're trying to do and accomplish, um, it just kind of gets messy and you're like, oh, they do things. They find people who every, they post a job on Indeed and people apply. It's easy, right? They, they, they sort of, uh, I think, diminish what's happening because it's hard to distinguish all the different various skills inside. And I think there is a level that the organization does not always appreciate. I also think, though, that we're getting better, right? We see the data. We see these reports come out that talent has finally made it up to the C-suite, that they actually are focused on that. You don't have good talent. You don't have good talent processes. You're not bringing in and keeping the right people. That it does have a direct impact on revenue, which I think is actually the biggest disservice we have done in recruiting over the years is fail to tie recruiting to revenue appropriately. It took us all too long to get there. And that's because, you know, we tucked recruiting into HR. We called HR, you know, uh, human resources, a cost center. We sort of buried the, the, the talent team, which is a very different functioning team than the benefits team and the payroll team and all of that. Um, we buried them and then we didn't quite help them build the bridges around what 
their activities look like as compared to how we get to better, more uh, accelerated revenue, right? One of the things that I've always noticed is like my marketing team takes credit for any deal the sales sells that marketing <laughs> touched, right? Well, yeah, uh, product, you have to. Product, product and dev take credit for any new product to market that sales sells, right? Like everybody takes credit. Yeah. And then recruiters go, I brought you great people. They don't go like, look, I hired the best salesperson. They ramped in three months and look at all the revenue they brought. I'm like, we've not, I, I don't know. know if it's the HR thing or nice people or helpful people, but we forgot to take credit for other people's work. That was a result of our work. Well, imagine, I mean, in sales, like you get the gong and it's like, yeah, we just scored an yeah. enterprise deal. And it's like, imagine if that yeah. was happening at companies and recruiters, like we just scored the best talent like you guys it's exciting ding. exactly bob smith is yeah. coming everybody they're like yay bob who is he <laughs> exactly. and but nate's usually just like oh good job good job well done you did you did the job what about what okay so i get that from the company side as well which i 100 but even like from the candidate side i think it's 10 times worse oh. like this is where like i'm this is what i'm running into a lot like I would say 90% of the messages I've ever gotten in recruiting, and this is nothing new, but now, now that I'm more out there and, you know, particularly on like a platform like TikTok, which isn't LinkedIn, obviously. And, you know, the amount of people who I think they are, they're under the impression that like my job is kind of like they're like, I'll, I'll hear things like, can you take on any new clients? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean client? And they're, they're like, they're the client and I'm finding yes. them a job. So where, cause, and I think to me that, that, you know, I'm, I've got theories on how this happened, but like, I'd love your take. Cause you've obviously, oh. you've, you've been, you've been in some of the organizations, which, you know, or you've been in play, you've been in roles and organizations that have had an impact on potentially, you know, like where this is. So like, why, why is that, that people just have that idea of recruiting? Or like, where do you think that came from? I think um, both sides of the house have like all these uh, misperceptions. So one of my least favorite, I'm, I'm going to get to your question, but one of my least favorite things that I see, and I, and I heard this just the other day, is that the employer is like the bachelor. He's going to give out roses. You make oh. What's going well, What's that new show through? now though with the, with the wild west, the, the Yellowstone meets the bachelor. You seen that one? No, but I don't need this in my life. <laughs> I've, I'm but, like, well, I'm not, I'm trying not to get into it, but, uh, anyway. uh, you know, but it's, but it's, it's, it's not love Island, right? It's like, uh, we're actually, we're giving out the, the roses and you need to perform for me. And then if you get like, you're great, I'll give you the first impression rose. Like this nonsense that we created this, um, uh, unnecessary adversarial relationship. Right. And I think that's been done over time. That's not a new thing that's been happening forever. I actually think a lot of employers are getting better about it. Um, but it's still, it's still persists. And I, and my fear when we see these cycles, these new cycles about layoffs is that we are seeing these companies slip back into that. Oh, there's oh, all these candidates. For sure. for oh, sure. actually, I don't know if that's as true as you guys think it is, especially on depending on your industry. If you're in healthcare, you know what? No layoffs doesn't happen. We're still running out of nurses. Like you don't get to have this attitude towards your candidate base. But I think on the other side, candidates, right? have a, a lot of pundits in the space, you know, no offense to you or anyone else, but there, there's these, these commentary and you listen to a lot of folks and the advice they're giving is actually not accurate. It's not fair. It's not even representative of the space. It is somewhat self-indulgent because they are selling their own product, resume writing or um, uh, career coaching or whatever it might be. It is in their interest 
for you to need to go get another job. And mm. so they are not necessarily feeding the beast of helpfulness. They are feeding the beast of their own business, which I don't necessarily think is being done with a malicious intent, but it is happening. And so they create this idea that you are the client and that you need to, to control the narrative and you need to be controlling the recruiting cycle. And the reality is, um, while I would love to believe that as well as a candidate, it's very hard to do because there is a lot of other things going on. Again, 20 recs, 20, 30 people per rec, 20, 30 stories, families, emotions. I think I saw someone in here say you are the therapist, the magician, the psychologist, and that not just for the candidates, also for the hiring managers, right? You're also the magician and the, and the therapist and you're dealing with calendars and people's mind, uh, reader. Schedules. mind reader too. Oh, always mind reader for sure. Um, and that's a problem, right? That is a problem where those expectations have been placed on the recruiter and you, you, you will fail a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it is, I mean, there's so much, there is a lot of content like I, Hey, I produce content as well. And I, you know, I also do actually help people on the side as well with like resume and job strategy and th those types of things. And it's really interesting. Cause I think a lot of times, like, even to your point, like that's competition for these jobs, right? Like sometimes I feel like the content is like, it's just you in a vacuum and all you got to do is you just got to show them that you got the skills and you get the job. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've never met a recruiter or hiring manager that has said, just need those skills because skills are really hard to like measure and there's no universal skill system. And even if yeah. there was, nobody would want to take the test. You lit that's why, that's why we go back to experience you got to be able to tell a story, but even if you do, let's say you do have the skills, you do have the story, you know what? There's four other people who have the experience and they, they have it on the paper and they have it on a resume. Yeah. And, and so I think that, that what I've noticed is people think that they're just applying and it's like, they're in this vacuum and it's just yes. all about them. I'm like, no, it's, there's competition here. Um, so it's, well, and, it, it and, is interesting. And worse than that, right? So as a candidate coming in, you don't have the benefit of certain pieces of information. And I actually think it sucks, right? Oops, sorry, can I say that? Yeah. Um, so you don't have uh, any understanding that you are the 230th person to have applied for that job. And you are the 70th person with the minimum skill set. You don't have that insight. You don't have that visibility. You don't know. You also don't know that that recruiter ended up with six new recs on their desk that same day. Um, all of which also got a hundred applicants on that job, all of which have to be dispositioned and dealt with all of them, which are humans that would like you to call them and have a conversation and not put them in a black hole. And all of those things are not wrong feelings, right? Those are all real feelings. Those other things exist. It's just incredibly hard to be that transparent. Like no one has quite figured out how do you give candidates that level of transparency? And I don't know if companies don't want to, can't, won't, don't know how, don't know which one it is, but it's one of them. And it's it's hard. It's a hard problem. Um, and the expectations on the recruiter are you should be calling all these people within 24 hours. And when you get hit with two or 300 people, that's actually not possible. You can't do it. 100%. I, I want to, uh, I just want to go through some of the comments too, because we've had some great, great, uh, great comments here as well. Um, Let's see. Someone said, okay. So someone said, and I, I'd actually be curious. I want to come back to this because I'm, I'm curious about this because I have a slightly different take, but Morgan said, not sales matchmakers. Um, 
Brian, Brian asked a question. I think it's worth kind of circling background to like, and I think is this the one exception, like full desk agency recruiting, where there is that kind of argument of like, okay, you know, because obviously you're selling to clients, but you know, when we look at like the, this recruiting side, is this recruit? It's this recruiting side. That's what we're talking. That's the part that's in question. Like, is this recruiting side sales? Obviously, the sales with the clients. That's a different thing. Yeah, right? I actually think uh, in some ways having both sides of the house, and I have to say, I have heard full desk referred to both and split <laughs> uh, over the years. I almost think that the industry has both definitions for it. So Interesting. Uh, when, you know, I think what Brian's talking about is when you as the recruiter are also the salesperson, it's almost like a consultant yeah. at that point, right? Because the nice thing about running a consulting business, your own one person shop, is that you can control the flow of sales and delivery in a way that I think uh, when you split the desk and you have sales on one side, just getting opportunities, getting uh, uh, jobs to work on, and then they're throwing it over to the recruiting team, and they just have to deliver, deliver, deliver. Um, you you actually lose some uh, element of your own ability to say, I am at my max capacity. Don't do more sales until I finish on delivery. I do actually think that there is an element that is helpful by having that. But you know, as uh, Durkheim would say, right? Specialty sales is different than recruiting. I like I just argued, right? I don't think recruiting is sales. I think it's a much more complex, nuanced uh, thing that you're working through. And and for that, um, those are different skill sets. So it's harder to find humans who can thrive in an environment where they do both. 100%. I love that. Um, Brian said, there's a good amount of recruiters that seem to feel our role is not revenue impacting. Uh, I believe TA absolutely impacts revenue. The debate potentially could be whether the impact is directly or indirectly, which I think is what we were, what you were kind yeah. of chatting about. Do you think it would be just, just kind of taking that step further? Do you think it would be like, what about for an activity? Like you, you know, if you actually start to document that, like obviously sales yeah. would be an easy one. Um, but you know, this other role, like, for example, if you hired a, um, like somebody in risk or somebody who's like dealing with like, where spend is going and they reduce the spend. Like, I mean, you probably could, well, oh, it'd probably take a long time to do maybe. Or look at it differently. If the hiring managers had to do the hiring themselves, right? Because I think what TA wants to do is say, okay, well, I got this person better, faster, quicker, but no, what if TA didn't exist and the hiring manager had to hire themselves? I've thought about that's, this a lot recently as well. That's the question, right? How would the business operate revenue, money saving, money in, money out, whatever? How do you want to measure it? Um, how would they operate without people in the business to help deliver the talent, right? Talent is not an um, optional feature, right? It's not whether or not I'm going to buy pens for the office or not and make people bring their own. Like, literally, if I don't bring people into the factory floor, can we deliver on product? If mm. I don't bring people into the development organization, can we create product? I don't bring in accounts payable people. Can we collect revenue? Like these are these aren't um, incremental questions, right? We need to really look at it and go. If this function didn't exist, where would we be? And that I think is the direct versus indirect. It's easy to say it's indirect if you're thinking about it like from an incrementality standpoint. I think it's direct if you say wipe the function out, hiring manager on your own. Good luck. Right now it's now it's direct. They would they would uh, they would love that. <laughs> they, would, they would really hate it, which is yeah. why this happens anyway. But agencies probably love it because that's they would just go to oh, every single time. We, 
I mean, we saw this in uh, the UK, right? The UK for for a good chunk of my career was and still is predominantly agency. It's specialized, and that's right. They've created that function and and done, I think, a pretty good job at creating uh, clear value in the recruiting function by having it as an outside function. Side question here, and it's it's not it is it means a little bit directed to this. Do you think that because it's such a low barrier to entry in recruitment, and I'm talking agency, but it also ninety nine percent of people when I ask them, you know, if they're in recruiting, how did you fall in, or how did you get into recruiting? What do they say? Fell into it. It was accidental. You know, I didn't have, I didn't go through like the thing to yeah. get to it. You know, like so. Do, do you think that that impacts why? maybe people do think the way they do think, or what are your thoughts on that? That's an awesome question. So um, I think there are a number of careers that people fall into. I think it's actually not recruiting centric. Salespeople for the most part do not go to college and go, God, when I get out of college, what I want to do is sell stuff. <laughs> it's true. Can actually, though, though, maybe not like, look, I think that even interestingly enough, I do, I do think that like, that is kind of changing because they got these it like, is. talk people it is. who are like, yeah, my you know, like I want to be a SaaS sales guy because I can just make yeah. lots of money. Anyway, but but I do think for you know for a long time there are a lot of yeah. careers people fall into, right? I don't think that that's the issue. I think the problem with at least agency recruiting, and I did spend a number of years supporting agencies with software, um, is actually a lack of good training. Mm. Right, process and function setup to success. Right, good training. Right, why are people who fall into a BDR role successful in sales? It's because this is highly structured yeah. training program that helps them progress in their career. In recruiting, we're like, hello, here's a pool. We might throw a floaty in there for you. Maybe. Depends on the agency. In you go. Sink or swim. Go get some deals. Right? Like, it's it's a very different, and I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing. That's not fair. There are some agencies that do a pretty good job. But I would say there's a lot that really do the sink or swim method. It's, it's so hit or miss, though, too. Yep. I mean, it's, I've been in both contexts. Um, I've even been in contacts where like you have an initial training, which is good, but unless you're in, I, I don't think there's a good incentivization in particularly like more traditional agency. It's very hard to incentivize like mentorship and teamwork because yep. even with that full desk model, it's inherently you eat what you kill. So like there's no incentive. And then even yep. if you do add management in there, a lot of times you're asking people to give up like revenue generating time for the good of the business. But unless, it, unless you're like an owner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yep. I, and that's it, right? The, man the management piece. And this is actually, I think uh, the management component is an issue across every company, every place, everywhere, right? First line managers are poorly trained at best, right? Companies have done a poor job at training first line managers, giving them the right incentive, right? Yes, like when you player coach, especially salespeople, do you know what they don't do? Coach, they player because they have a quota because that's the only way they're going to get paid. And so, you know, companies do funny things to first line managers because they're seeing if they're good at it or whatever nonsense. And what that really is code for is we're not gonna set you up for success, um, which also means we're not setting up your team for success. So you come in as a new, person, you're 22 years old, you don't know better. You have no idea that a player coach manager is a bad plan for you. And you're just doing the best you can with what you got, which is very limited. Um, so I do think companies need to take an honest look at what they're doing and saying, are we aligning our business interests 
with the way we are setting up our people. And, and I think a lot of them have some opportunity to do better. No, that's a great point. And uh, definitely something um, I've experienced both sides. Again, like, I mean, <laughs> I know like Hirewell, um, company I'm with, very di I mean, it's a different model because it is more of like that split account management, like team-based recruitment. So we're able to bring a, you know, a, a junior recruiter and associate in and we're not like, hey, here's your desk. It's like, here, here's a couple of roles to work on. Like, let us coach you through it. And it's, we're celebrating them along the way. Um, and obviously I've been at agencies too, where it's like, all right, day one, like, just go get it. Okay, great. You, that didn't happen. It's okay. You, you'll get over it. Like, just work harder. And then, you know, right. seven people who started with you quit after the yes. week is like this is a nightmare uh, crazy town right and, so, and, and none of the candidates get called back because well because <laughs> none of the recruiters are there anymore so the black hole persists and we continue on to another week and then i i make a meme about it and then it's all it's good it's good fuel for that steven i love this one here too it recruiter here who's and asked me to find a job for her son he was a hairdresser yes that's exactly what we're talking about right i want to i want to um Kind of shift the focus here because i think we're obviously you know layoffs more people in the market i'm sure just talk to us about like some of the more kind of the more challenges that you're seeing like with clients that you're working with there's a whole you know, i feel like the the set of challenges now is like completely different from like a hiring and recruitment standpoint than it was 12 months ago um, oh, yeah. so I, i'm just curious like what are some of the challenges when you have you know, technology that is actually making it easier to apply. So you're seeing higher volumes, but then you're also dealing with this dropout and, you know, like wh what are some of those issues that are going on? I'd be curious to get your take on that. I mean, the first thing that's really important is for everyone to take a moment and realize that we have multiple hiring markets that exist in the U.S. What do I mean by that? Well, you have white collar hiring, you, me, probably a lot of people on this phone call right now or this, this chat, right? Um, and that's maybe 30% of our market. And then you have the hourly workforce. And the reality is the hourly workforce is not looking much different than it did 12 months ago. It's uh, very hard to find people. They are still job hopping at a rate of 140, 150% a year. Like that's a lot. These companies are backfilling on a continuous basis. Healthcare recruiting, nothing has changed. If you're hiring for nurses, you don't care what's going on around you because you still can't find any. Right. And so there is this sort of reality that we have to all accept. Why did this happen? Well, lots of things occurred, but one of the big ones that's causing these layoffs is that we were talent hoarding over the last few months and years. Right. So there's no talent, there's no talent, there's no talent. And these big companies, money was cheap, interest rates were low. Right. So we were over hiring for certain sets of skills that we were able to find in anticipation of churn talent that we would then have a bench. And it was cheap enough to be able to keep those people employed and working on something um, that drove wage inflation up through two mechanisms. One, because we were talent hoarding, so there was less talent, but also we started pulling more people out of the top of the hourly bucket into our white collar bucket, right? So now we're making it even harder for the hourly workforce to find people because we're kind of taking the top, top end of that. Now we've can you, can you give like an example of like a position just to get, kind of give hmm. some context in that? Uh, like a, I don't know, customer service rep. Okay. Right. That's a great entry level position. 
it's a white collar position, but you would have pulled them from um, from an hourly workforce. That would, you know, the the same person could have gone in a different direction, maybe um, worked in a warehouse or worked in a restaurant. Right. There's lots of jobs they would have had beforehand. So yeah. we're we're kind of compressing that hourly workforce and, and creating less and less opportunity for companies to hire people because there's not less people. There's just those humans aren't available. Um, we also saw an increase in retirement. There was a whole bunch of things that happened over the last few years. So that all comes together in a way where now money has gotten expensive, right? Because we've, we've wage inflated, which means we've caused regular inflation to go up, which is causing the interest rate to go up. So money just got more expensive. Now these companies are looking again, realizing that they are overemployed in some areas. They're also noticing that if you lay off, your stock price goes up. Yeah, it's happening, right? And so we reduce force because we have excess talent anyway. We're pushing that back into the market. But these are not the same people we pulled out of the hourly workforce. They are higher up, right? And so what's actually happening is that we are pushing people out of the workforce into the market available talent where there actually aren't jobs for them necessarily. Now, some of them there are, don't get me wrong. Some of those positions were hard to find anyway, so we're still going to pick them back up. But we still have this 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 um, market at the hourly workforce that we don't have people for. But we do have inflation, and they're still trying to make more money in order to be able to afford their their basic necessities, their housing, their their heat, right? Those food table stuff like that. So this is all still happening. Right? We have created a monster right now that we're living through, and how that sort of works its, itself out. We'll see in the next few months and years. So yeah. you asked me a question like, what are my clients doing? Well. Depends on which one. <laughs> if you're healthcare, you're like, I don't care. Keep bringing me people. I need them. 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 Like, you don't ha- find me people. Patients die. That is actually one of quote from one of my customers. Um, you know, if you're working, which is, for work- which is in- insane, by the way, because I yes. think when I do, I so I do TikTok lives. I know I always talk about TikTok. But I do these lives, and they're really interesting because there's two groups of people that I get on there more than any. One is healthcare. People are looking to get out of healthcare. Yep. For the other one, time. got a guess on the other one? No. Teachers. Truck drivers. Oh, teachers. Yes. Teachers. Also. Like mass oh. exit. And and it's like, yeah. and it's it's really, for both, it's a challenge because it's like, I think teachers, it, it's kind of a, it seems like it's more of a challenge to kind of explain because it's like, obviously, like if you're a teacher, you got great skill sets. You can you're persuasive. You can keep people's attention. You can put together plans. There's a lot of skills that you have. You can manage four-year-olds, down- which is like managing <laughs> adults anyway. It's Ma- kind of managing, it, <laughs> look, it's it's so it's it's like it's so true. But then it's also going from like you know going basically into the corporate world. It's like I tell them all the time. Like I've never sat with a hiring manager and they say, "God, we just love a teacher for this." Now I think. I know teachers who have made the transition and it's always yep. through networking, but every single time on this life, I'm just like, who's going to be like, who's going to be in nursing? Like this is a real challenge. And it's like, you know, and then you, from a recruiting standpoint, it's like, Oh, well, we're really good recruiters, but like you can't recruit like out of a talent shortage. And when there's people exiting, like, yeah, it, it's, it's not like, hey, I've got some really persuasive message. It's like, no, no, there's, there's a literal talent shortage. And I, again, same with the warehouse laborers, truck drivers, right? We, all of the cannot all of find, jobs. Yeah. you know, long haul truck drivers in the U.S. are still the hardest position to fill. Hands down. 
Everybody else can tell me how hard their positions are. I know that you think they're hard. I assure you the thing we are most in need of in the United States is long haul truck drivers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously there's, there's, we talked, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning, like recruiting as a whole is just, it, it is, a, it's a challenge. No matter what, there's no, whenever anyone, anyone says, yeah, recruiting, this is going to be easier. When I was recruiting recruiters, like people would, would say, someone say, yeah, I think recruiting that would be easy. It's like, no, it's never easy because no. there's always different sets of challenges. But I would say it's the, it's the combination of the, just the grind of like the consistent churn that you're facing with hourly. There's, you know, with with kind of the white collar roles, and not to generalize too much, but usually you can dig in and be like, all right, is there a motivation here? Like, is it career growth? Is it this? Is it yep. the projects you're working on? Hard to find a kind of like that type of like motivation or like deeper rooted meaning in like a warehouse role. Obviously in nursing, right. but each nursing job kind of seems it's the same. So many. No, there's so many though. Think about nursing. You've got at home healthcare nursing mm -hmm. where you are traveling into people's homes. Mm. right alone question that's got to be so tough to fill. tough gig right school nurses that's a tough one right now you're spending half your day fighting with parents not even the kids right and then you've got hospital nurses you need uh with required overnight shifts or switching them back and forth between nights and days which is terrible on your body You've got, right, all of these are very different type nurse positions. I and mean, yeah, here we're like nurses, eh, but it's not one. It's you got just the like traveling recruiters. nurses that just make the bank. But, but they leave, but they have, they have to have, you know, they leave their family for months on end. Like you got to right? be in a, you got to got to be in a certain stage of life or you've got to be able to, yep. I, my, my wife's cousin, she's a traveling nurse and she's like recruiters. Are, she's like, I work with one recruiter and it's like, and maybe I'll switch it up every now and again, but absolutely just like pounded by recruiter, hounded, yeah. I should say hounded, hounded yeah. by recruiters nonstop. Yeah, it's so no, it's, but, but again, it's right. Every kind of nurse is different, kind of like every kind of recruiter. And um, so all nurses are hard to find. There are some that are even harder to find hospital, right? Um, uh, the, the, in that home, the at home healthcare, but even like, um, residential facilities where you're dealing with uh, older patients, dementia patients, that oh, group yeah. of nurses, very hard to find. Um, and often those folks aren't uh, unwilling to do the work. Um, they actually like the patients. It's the families, right? They, they get a lot of abuse from the children of the patients, right? And so, you know, the a lot of these folks are burnt out, not just from the companies, but actually from the American public around them, right? This is why we have a hard time finding servers for restaurants. It's a tough gig. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's great. So let me because uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here just time wise. But I'm curious, um, right before we leave, I'd just be curious, like with with the work that JobSync's doing, then like in that scenario, because I'm sure if you then, you know, if you if you make any application process harder than it needs to be right like how is, is that is like how do you guys help with the these issues like this like i just i just be curious yep. to kind of know that so um our perspective is a couple of things so first of all meet candidates where they're at i love that part of the biggest issue with candidates is you you find them on a job board and then you ask them to travel over to your corporate career site donate blood i i just saw one the other day three-factor, multi-factor authentication. I was like, how many ways do they have to tell you who they are? 
Like, oh, oh my god! So you just shut the. You get the. You get that, the was that was that like a, what, what kind of job was it? It's like a fully remote IT. A job. nurse job. I don't even want to get into it. Yes. Oh, it's the worst. I died a little. I mean, I could um, see that with like a remote IT job because you maybe you got somebody who's trying to work like it's, three it's, jobs it's at a time. You you put in this ATS whatever it is, and it's gonna dictate the process. From yeah. So this thing called workday fatigue and. You know, I, I think it's Taleo fatigue and, and, and success factors fatigue, but but we call it workday fatigue. Uh, it's real. Candidates see it. You see it all over LinkedIn. You see it all over Twitter. Uh, I see workday and I'm like, peace, I'm out. But if I give you yeah, all Yeah, but they had things, a good commercial. I think they did. They're going to be a rock star. That's only slightly sexist. It's totally fine. <laughs> oh, um, so if we can, you know, if we can meet candidates where they're at, they're actually willing to answer most of your questions. Like a lot of them mm. will answer the questions. Just don't make it too hard. Don't ask them to enter their name and then enter their name again and do things three or four times. Like just simplify it. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. It's just meeting candidates where they're at. Don't ask them to go through hoops for the sake of hoops. They don't mind giving you the information. And I think that's important because if you give recruiters the information, they're actually able to call you back because they have the data, right? When you give recruiters a skinny, skinny, little bit of information, you make them go hunt before they can decide if they need to talk to you or not. You make their life that much harder, unnecessarily harder, right? If I need to know going into this, are you over 18? Do you have a nursing license? What state do you hold that license? Will you uh, work for the, the, the rate in which I've put on the job? you're already ahead of the game. And so for us in the healthcare space, we see at least a 70% lift in candidate volume. It's not the, the big numbers that I see in warehouse and the, the skinnier ones, the skinnier applications, but 70% more candidates is a real number. It's meaningful to a business. Um, and it's about speed, right? This is a speed game in those kinds of industries. Can you get to those humans first? I love that. Well, awesome. Well, look, I feel like we could, uh, I mean, every time we chat, I think last time we chatted before the this call, it was like, uh, it was like 45 minutes yeah. like, for like a 20 minute call. But uh, where can people find you? Where's the best place? Um, like, or what's the best place for people to reach out to you? And, um, and obviously I'll drop the links to uh, any of those places too on the post once I go back and edit it up. Yep. I'm a LinkedIn girl. So I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's, I know. Slash Leah N. Daniels is, I think, the back end of my LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach us at jobsync at jobsync.com. And what about all the salespeople? Where can they reach out to you? All the BDO. All the salespeople. Let me give you my personal cell phone number. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it will go text, right to do not disturb. Text me as often as you can. No, um, the, uh, the, anyone who's interested in learning more about jobsync, definitely travel to our website. Raise your hand. Let us know. We'll be happy to take you. And you got, you got a webinar coming up, right? We do a webinar every month, the round table. Next month we have uh, Mr. Tin Cup. If you guys don't know yes. him, he's amazing. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be somewhat inappropriate and I will probably do everything I can to keep uh, a straight face through the process. It's on April 13th at 11 a.m. And we are talking about managing the myriad of expectations. Yours, theirs, recruiters. Uh, hiring managers, talent acquisition, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, TA leadership, C-level leadership. Like you have to deal with expectations on every uh, sense of the word. So and then you got that's going to be a good one. Just saying it's just so easy and we got a personal recruiter for you. And you know, oh I God. love that. That's my I favorite. Need a personal recruiter. <laughs> I want, I, 
Uh, this Phil, this Phil guy that they got, I, I want, I need that He's guy. Solid. <laughs> He's well, gonna fill your jobs. Do you get it? You get I, it. I, you know, it, it yeah. just <laughs> those guys. So close! I was gonna get there on my own. I love that. Well, look, everybody who's out there, I know we got Brian. Brian just said, "This is great." Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. We've got Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Should I just go through all of them now? Uh, but we got Brian, Stephen, <laughs> Liam, my old buddy Liam. If you guys aren't following Liam on uh, on LinkedIn, you need to go follow him. He's got some great content. But everybody who uh, chimed in and had comments, I love the engagement. Always do. Uh, I'm gonna um, hyperlink. I think is what they call it. I'll hyperlink Leah's uh, profile to the post, um, and I'll also put some links into for the, uh, the the webinars because they do some great um, webinars as well. And um, and then I'll try and link. Maybe if you can just DM me like where the where you host the podcast is the best place for people to find your yep. the podcast you're doing as well. And then we'll get that out there. And then guys, next week I don't know who I have on, but anyway, whoever it is, always a great guest, always a good They're conversation. Awesome. Yeah, be it's, they'll they'll be they'll be great. Second best, you know. I it, second, obviously. I mean, second the best bar is high. Point. The bar is extremely high. But okay. guys, tune in next week, and then if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, subscribe to that as well. I'm going to be releasing a newsletter now um, every week, so I'm going to be putting folks in every week to do the newsletter. I'm really passionate about it because LinkedIn keeps changing their algorithm, and it's irritating me. Um, and the cool thing is now in the newsletter, I've just heard you can have comments. So you can actually build a little bit of a, a, a discussion of the newsletter, which I think is very exciting. So, um, so guys, do that. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Leah, you've been a great guest. I love your insight and just all of the knowledge that you drop. And if you, uh, if you guys are interested in JobSync as well, go check, check it out. If you're having problems with people just dropping out of the application process, I recommend it. So... Awesome. See you guys. See you, Leah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Talk soon. Bye, everyone. I'm gonna end this broadcast.